the Demon Dust Podcast, dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series, based on the works of Philip Pullman, is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Once again to the Demon Dust Podcast. This is uh, this is a little additional content and a little off the beaten path of his dark materials. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be covering Alaron Kong's The Land series, uh, Chaos Seeds, and the we this time is not Travis and Rich, although Travis is still here. I'm here. I'm Travis Bryant with you, uh, back with you. Uh, I'm along joined. With my good friend Kendria. Kendria, introduce yourself to the fine. Hello, hello, hello. I am Kendria Clark. Hey, um, I live in Philadelphia and um, read a lot um, or listen a lot, um, and am good friends with our your host Travis. And we both sort of fell in love with the series, and I am very much looking forward to reviewing it and um, not giving away any spoiler. Yeah, we're we're fanatics about the series, <laughs> and we've been through it and through it a bunch of times and talk about it all the time, and it's amazing, and it's the best thing, and it's the reason I said, okay, I want to do something for for the spring and summer for the Demon Dust podcast. What what can we review? Um, and we went over a few different different ideas of series. I think I talked about it on the uh, on the finale for His Dark Materials uh, season one on BBC and HBO. Um, we thought about the Abhorsen series and. Uh, the Farseer trilogy. It was a couple things got thrown, uh, tossed around, and bantered and bantied about. Uh, but we landed on uh, the land by Alaron Kong because it's it, it's it's great. <laughs> it's, it's so meaty. There is so much. To, there's so much to discuss. There's so much to love. That's why you chose it because it is awesome. That's yes, why. Yes, and it was a way to uh, to give this show a bit of a, a different feel, different sound, uh, with a new voice. Uh, having, having Cassie on with Rich and I last, last season, or the first season of uh, His Dark Materials was, uh, was very fun, so I was like, hey, let's let's get a w- woman on this show and liven some thing, you know, liven this <laughs> thing up and, and bring a little j- little joy. Um, so that's, that's what we're attempting to do. Um, so, First off, how you introduced me to this book, um, it took a, a little bit of prodding, uh, I'll say. Um, a little? A couple, a couple of weeks. I mean, come on, get, cut me some slack. Um, but how did you find this book? So, um, and explain long- what it is, because it's a different. It's a it's a different book. It's a new genre, at least relatively new to to a lot of people. It certainly was to me. 
So I found the book, um, like many people find a bunch of new material because I subscribe to Audibles um, and every month I get this credit and it forces you to sort of look through um, and see what you might be interested in. Um, I super enjoy fantasy and escapism mm-hmm. um, and came across um, the book and listened to this a sample of it. I was super intrigued because of the format um, because it is the um it is written in the first player perspective like video games are yeah um so for a super long time i watched um my son and significant other play all of these video games um like uh grand theft auto and there is one that i told you about travis what's the name of that video game the call of duty Call of Duty, yes. Yeah. Um, so they would play almost daily, um, and occasionally I would get brave enough to pick up the controller, and um, the same thing would inevitably happen every time. I would end up standing in a corner, facing the sky, spinning around in circles because I couldn't get the shooting, walking, and looking to all happen seamlessly so that I could actually play the game. Yeah. So I ended up just being a viewer, um, which was nice, um, but it, it hinged on them playing and being good, which was, <laughs> which was right, right. frustrating. And um, it's so still I, just a step, a, a level away from not playing. There's still a certain, uh, a certain, uh, you know, distance. <laughs> yeah. You know, from the yeah. game, you're you're not. There's no control control controller in your hand. You're just watching them play and yell and. Yeah. It is very nice to want to root for someone, but sometimes you actually want to immerse yourself in it in the same way that or they do. Or yourself, yeah. Like, they be or I'm sure, what, or, talking trash, yeah. and, you know, you can't, you know, uh, enjoy that fun. And Yes, yeah. you can you can talk trash, but it is not as fulfilling yeah. <laughs> as if it is. If you were the one, like, yeah. throwing the grenade and, like, blowing up their whole thing. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so upon listening to the sample, um, I figured out that it was a first player novel. Um, and the um, idea of it really excited me because I felt like I would be um, immersed in the world in a way that watching them play just didn't allow me to be. Um, so I thought it was great. And. Um, I immediately so it was got audible. To- it was like an audible suggestion that like that that got you to. So to- I read. Um, I had been reading. Um, the King Killer Chronicles. I am not sure if you were familiar with them at all. I'm not. Um, but auto- okay. So the King Killer Chronicles are um two books that um come in succession, and then there's a third one that came out of left field that has almost nothing to do with the first two books um and we've been waiting like seven years for the last (laughs) for the last book is one of those are you gonna get around to it um so while waiting for it um you know i just been searching through and it was an audible suggestion like hey you like fantasy you might enjoy this um and immediately fell in love and found myself um like I want to say ignoring um, the re- the reality of the world. I found it to be an escape. Um, I found it to be really um, funny. I found the quips to be hilarious. I found there that the learning curve to be believable. Um, 
I found the characters to be interesting. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to see where the journey went. And here I am, what, seven, six, seven books later? Seven books later. Um, Twelve, if you count how many books really were stuffed into book seven. But uh, yeah. seven, seven books later, books book eight has been out since January, but it, it drops on Audible uh, uh, next month. So that's when we'll be getting to it. So, yeah, I mean, this the, the fandom runs deep. You you, you got me in a, in a Facebook group full of uh, <laughs> right. full of Mist Village maniacs or gangsters, whatever they call themselves, Mist Village Mafia. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, great. Um, I like I said, you suggested this book, and you had um, you were. You were batting a thousand because you suggested was was the Orisha series the first thing that I read that you yeah. suggested? Okay, yeah. so you suggested the Orisha, the Orisha series, uh, the the Children of uh, Blood and Bone by uh, Tomi Adeyemi. Fantastic book, um, fantastic book too. No matter what a certain co-host. <laughs> <laughs> has to say, uh, and book three will be out soon. So when you you suge- and then I suggested you read Ready Player One, and I was like, yeah. okay, so if you like, I was like, oh, well, hey, this is because I was obsessed with Ready Player One in January. It was just the I read it and then I read it back to back, and I read it again. I was just that book is everything. Listen to podcasts, break it down chapter by chapter. I was just obsessed with Ready Player One. And then you're like, well, if you like <laughs> video game based kind of uh, right. deal, you're going to love this. And I was like, ah, it ain't Ready Player One, though. So I'll get to it when I get to it. And um, come to find out, yeah, it ain't Ready Player One. Ready Player, this is, this, the land is there. And Ready Player One still good. It holds up. It absolutely is because I read it on your suggestion. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but the land, Alaron Kong has put together. A world that you're, I think you're you're familiar with, no matter, no matter what. I think a seventy-year-old who's at least familiar with some pop culture and how you know if he has like grandkids and stuff, or I think anyone could doesn't. You don't need to be a Dungeons and Dragons nerd. You don't need to be a gamer. Yeah. You don't need to be an avid reader of fan of fantasy and and genre books. Um, I think that and the land will of, appeal to you. I think that one of the beautiful things is that um, because he is snatched from Earth in such a way um, and thrust forth into this unfamiliar world, um, he familiar is, yet unfamiliar. Yes, he embodies um, people, humans. (laughs) Um, So when you get there, his reactions to a lot of stuff are completely believable. Like, yes, that too would be my reaction. I would be um, um, a little lost um, and would probably make as many jokes as he does if no one got any of my colloquialisms. Yeah, no you know how it is when you just go down south or go to Pittsburgh. You know, we're from Philly, and when you go to Pittsburgh or New York, like things are different. They don't get your slang 
right? Your 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 new not nuanced, but your um, your localized slang. Yeah, they have their stuff. We have ours. And imagine if you were taken to an in completely different world, land, planet, right. you know, environment. Um, what it would be like trying to make pop culture references. Um, and you know what? Speaking of pop culture references, before we delve into uh, into the chapters, this book takes place in 2037, and it's after World War Three. And and they make a and the main character Richter makes a lot of pop culture uh, comments and one-liners that don't make sense to a kid who was born in 2013 like why does mm-hmm. how does he know like um that saying from the 90s well it it and just you know going forward for anybody wondering it was told that the world war three completely bought entertainment live new current entertainment to a halt for a decade and I don't know if it said music, but all movies and television were put in the public domain. Right. Sort of like how PlayStation is giving away free games. Or Pornhub says during the pandemic, you, right. you know, here's a free membership, you know, what trial thing for, you know, just promise to stay at home and don't right. spread coronavirus. Um that's what it was like a governmental thing and they were like all right just keep everybody placid and satiated and not worried that you know there's warfare going on everywhere for a decade and that's how the classics were that's why people know all the classic lines they know the the doctor who lines they know the the saturday night live stuff the zingers from star wars or star, whatever the the pop culture stuff is um it's it's explained, and I'm I'm very accepting of that explanation. I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. uh, that's that works for me. So you said you presented an explanation. Yes, wonderful. Thank you. And now we can move on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It, it would have been nice if that was somehow presented organically in the story, in, in the telling of the story, and I could pick up the book and it says it in there, and I don't need the author to post on Facebook, hey y'all, by the way um, but maybe there just wasn't maybe as he's writing the book he just said whatever, like I'm gonna, <laughs> maybe, you know, like that'll just be my thing and uh, I'll just wonder and he probably just kept getting asked and asked and asked and asked and he had to come up with something and he came up so, with something pretty plausible Yeah. the other thing is I appreciate um, not being spoon fed every contextual detail like yes, let me know what the surrounding area looks like, that's great but if you are going to step by step walk me through the world history of the um um, genre, the world that you are creating, we're going to be here a long time, yeah. and I would just rather not. So this, this book had to pick one or the other, right? Uh, the detail, the the detail, like book seven, the, mm-hmm. it, it ends at uh, it's kind of a spoiler, but it's 150 days in, and, 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 and a light spoiler, but it's 150 days in. That's seven books later, so right. you know, book one is probably a 30 day maybe 18 day kind of deal 
uh, for mm-hmm. for just under 300 pages of, of of literature. Right. And so that's a lot of detail going through this. Tell you know he's literally like you wake up and he goes and he does a task and then you know and you're literally reading the day he had for for three weeks in in the first book and you can't while you're doing that describe every petal <laughs> you know the bark of every tree oh the coat of this uh, the antlers on that elk like yeah well, it, it was, wouldn't it wouldn't work i truly appreciate um being sold the ground rules of the universe that i have been placed in without feeling like someone's talking to me like i'm an idiot so hey you're in this world here are the base rules you got here this isn't a game anymore yeah. um here is a little something hot for you pow pow not going to spoil what the hot is. Well, we'll get though. We'll get into that in just minutes here. So, but yes, and they, they not to just treat you like an idiot, like but that's the story. The story right. is figuring out along with the main character this new world. Uh, so it opens up with with um, with a um, I don't know what it's called. Prologue. That one is a prologue. Okay, so it's just called the Dark Court, and the other is the, the the prologue. So the Dark Court, no context. You're just like, what's the Dark Court? Right. <laughs> right. And they describe it as an exiled pocket of space and time, and it has a lock on it that can't be picked, can't right. be can't be bashed in or you know exploded, um, because the lock itself is the land and you know again it's just like what well what the heck is the land uh the land is is a is a world where magic exists where different races of humanoid people exist where monsters exist (laughs) where uh you know where fantasy exists what we think of fantasy and magic that's the land in all its good and bad context like in all of the fairy princess spin around sparkly glitter mm-hmm. and in all of the deep dungeness, what the hell is that and why does it smell mm-hmm. like in all of its beauty and chaos, um, pun intended, yeah. um, this is exactly what you fall into or this is what he falls into. It is beautiful and calm when he gets there, um, except for he's a bit hungover <laughs> um, or he thinks he's hungover. Well, no, no, no. We're not even we're we're at the dark court. We're not oh, even we haven't never. even met okay. James right. slash Silk slash Richter yet. Um <laughs> But but in the dark court, there's a prince, there's a queen, and there's a a vizier, and and they're just trying to. They want their lock. I thought of it as the um, what's the square that Zod in the you know the prison of the Kryptonian prison. Mm-hmm. I, I, I forget you know what it's it. called Phantom Zone. Um, I I thought of it in my head. I was like, oh, it sounds like they're in some kind of phantom zone kind of uh, uh, of prison it's not exactly like that uh, but but that that was the imagery that that that, uh, that I thought of but they're thinking of ways how do we bring how do we bring how do we break in this game. lock how do we right. we have to destroy oh we have to destroy the land well how do we destroy the land we need From to- inside prison <laughs> but the land is the lock on their prison 
and the only way for for them to escape, uh, and and also this, they 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 um, this is chapters called the Dark Court, but they also allude to something called the Light Court, and the Light Court and the Dark Court have been battling, but they all are all are locked up in this pocket dimension, and they right. are all locked in by the land. So he's like, hey, we got to destroy the land. Well, how do you do that? Well, what about Earth? If we bring you know, Earth, Earthling, Earthlings are born with a seed of chaos right. in them because there's no magic on Earth. They have no gods. They, or at least uh, like like they do in the land, certainly. They, um, they're, uh, but they are born with a seed of chaos. And everywhere they go, if you get enough of them, they cre- create and cause a lot of damage. If we can get them here, or if we can get right. them on, in the land, um, imagine the chaos that they would unleash, that they would cause, and they would destroy right. the place. And it's just like, immediately, you're just like, oh my god, we are <laughs> a scourge upon the universe. Right. Oh my god, so like, somebody's going to use this like a, as a biological weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that they go, man, we need for this uh, crystal vase inside this china shop to be broken, but can't get into the china shop. What do we do? Let's send children into it. As many children as possible. Yeah, yeah. Eventually that thing's going to get not so much. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, so that's the idea. But they can't, but they're, but they're, uh, thwarted by space and time and there's again no magic on earth how do you get them how do you get them here well as they explain earthlings de- developed their own type of magic and it was called science and soon they were making making great machines in war upon each other with their science and then they, then they turn it to the entertainment and he's like yeah. it wasn't more than a hundred years after they discovered electricity that they were using it to entertain themselves um, and then they talked about how they wanted to uh, as- the vizier realized told the prince like look they don't, they want something different we just need to give them what they want and they've given us they now have the means that we can exploit that so he create they created a game based on the land, which is the lock that is keeping them in. Can and I tell you what one of my most favorite parts about this plot line is? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts about this plot line is that each player has to consent to being pushed into the land. Oh, yeah. So when they sign up to play the video game, the consent is hidden in the terms and conditions of the video game. So all of these millions of chaos seeds, millions of humans have just given up their rights to live and and be in the world and to be snatched out of their consciousness at any point because they signed without reading the small print. It it wasn't even that simple though, Ken. It was... It was, we can't simply, a contract just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. We can't get them just to sign something. It has to be spoken. Right. Um, and, um, and, 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 and that was, 
that was kind of uh, what what they left us with. Uh, and then in the prologue, we get Jay, uh, we get a bunch of gamers yeah. doing a mission and uh, super a super secret mission that no one on the forums even knows about. Mm-hmm. They were they were very clear about that that this was either very new or very secret or probably both and the way gaming works they need to get it exploit it before because the way gaming works the first person that does something gets the max points or whatever like right the most recognition how however how have you you the man um, you 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 definitely are the man so their mission the, the five or six of them Let's see, did they name them? Silk, Crest, Jewel, Loki, and Dahlia. And just a, a, a ragtag kind of tropey, but not overly tropey. You know, you got your tough guy, you got your, you know, your 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 psychic uh, young woman, and these are the characters I'm saying, but... Um, the tough guy had a tough guy character. The girl had a psychic character, and 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 they're just a a group of gaming buddies. And do you um, remember what Silk was? Silk was a thief. He was the thief. Yes. So they get to a certain. They have been. They had been drilling through a mountain or drilling through something for a half a day or an entire day. So they're just sitting in there in their in their rooms or hanging out. You know, doing real time, just drilling a hole, and finally a, a crack or a seal opens, and and Silk is the only one that could fit through, or has like the agility and like all that kind of things to, to, to right. get through this tiny little opening. He gets through, bam, the thing shuts through, uh, sh- uh, shuts away. Um, he could still hear his 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 partners in his in his earpiece. And he's just examining. He makes his way through. He comes across. He comes up on an empty, an empty room, and which is where the treasure is supposed to be. And everybody in his ear uh, ears are pissed. Like, where the hell is the loot? But Richter, do, I'm sorry, but Silk does see a handprint, an indentation. Uh, you can put his hand on. So he's like. There's a handprint, guys. What, what should I do? Pause. Mm-hmm. Pause. Yeah. Because he asks, hey, what should I do? And then goes and asks, I'm sorry, the young lady who is Dahlia, who has a psychic, psychic ability, goes, touch it. And he goes, yeah, no. His actual line was, you are as useful as a Swiss cheese condom. Yeah. And I I fell out because I thought it was hilarious. Was that you, Dahlia? Silk ex- ex- uh, exasperated. I don't know why I keep expecting you to be smart just because you're psychic. And then, right. he, and then he looks to Loki, who's who has been um, called, and you understand that he's the leader of the group. Maybe he's the most powerful uh, level-wise or whatever. But it seems to be he seems to be the default leader. And Loki's like, uh, touch it, <laughs> and the tough guy crash. Uh, crush. I'm sorry. He goes. Uh, that's what she said, and and everybody has a little bit of a chuckle, and then he um and then he put his uh his hand on the imprint, and then a deep voice said, "Are you an agent of your people?" And he looked around. He pulled his 
double daggers out and thinking you know he was under attack or something and he's just like um, yeah but he could oh he first he tried to talk to his friends and yeah he could no communication no communications and he just thought he didn't think anything of it he's just like whatever yeah sure i'm the i'm the <laughs> i'm the voice of my people Right, and and he doesn't understand what that really means. Not just right. his little rogue group of thieves and psychics. Uh, but you know what he's thinking? He's thinking the swag is gonna be crazy. Which is why it's inherently unfair. It's a trick, and it's insidious, and right. it's like one of those things. Like, well, there you should have read the fine print. And, right, but wait. You know, <laughs> So, yes, are you the voice of your people? Yes. Do you embrace a life of adventure and danger, love and betrayal, power and wonder? Yes. Uh, they describe it. Uh, the word came out stronger. Silk's greedy little heart imagining the top shelf loot they were about to get. Right. Will you be among the first to move forward, preparing the way for others? Hell yeah. And then, uh, then he's greeted with the uh, then he's greeted with a, a, a phrase, thrice heard and witnessed. And then, the, and then the world flashed white. That's it. And that was it. And he's literally been pulled into the land. The magic of the bond of, of the... Of, of him doing it paved the way for them to now be able to enforce that written contract. Right. Because, again, you just can't have somebody, certainly not a million people, who just sign some stuff just because they didn't see the fine print. And, yeah, that might be how you get to be able to sell people's data. But right. But you can't – magic and binding forces and that kind of stuff is based on way more than just being able to manipulate humans on that silly level. This is – this was spoken word – magically binding and uh yeah and then we get in the finally get into chapter one right and um yeah just short of a blood oath you said it three times that means you mean it so thrice thrice witness right um so it starts chapter one day one sanran 21 15,380 368 abg abg right so uh, another thing just one of those going forward so going forward after book one they changed it to EBG Mm -hmm. and that's just what it's that's just what it is Uh, even on like the wiki it says uh, EBG you click on it it says ABG but so they they're I don't it's just one of those things it means after the banished gods and event of banished gods I guess they thought event sounded better than after Right. So going forward, even though in book one it's called ABG, anytime we bring it up, we'll probably say EBG because that's just what it what it was turned into and what it is. Uh, so so James wakes up in a damn glade with a hangover. With the with the well with a headache and his you know <laughs> well he's dreaming he's he's having a dream and he wakes up and he goes to pull his sheet over his cover over his head he can't figure out what day it is uh and instead of finding a cover or blanket or something to pull over his head he uh 
he um yeah he sorry about that he um finds grass and a rock, his head's on a damn rock and he's got a lump on his head so he's probably just unceremoniously <laughs> dropped dropped by the universe <laughs> <laughs> into this he looked up and it was pristine gorgeous looking scenery but he was not home. very confused he did not understand how oh one thing we didn't talk about this is a vr game this isn't it's 2037 right. so they're not sitting around playing P, uh, playstation 4 and xbox ones um they're on some serious you know some serious hardware and right and, and got the full vr suit and pain dampeners and things like that you know, he, he so it really reminded me of the description of the rigs in Ready Player One um, because of how immersive they they say they are. Um, so yeah, I just took um, I just took one and dropped it into the other world. I was like, oh okay, VR. So mm-hmm. yeah, and Ready Player One is 20, 2045, 2044, 2045. So it's not. Uh... So maybe first generation. Well, no, I'm just saying it's about the, it's a, the same kind of era, so I'm assuming the technologies are going to be uh, similar. And just, or you could just think, well, what's it going to be like in 17 years? Like, yeah, oh yeah, about- we damn sure better have some <laughs> immersive rigging. Yeah, I want that tomorrow. <laughs> if I can stop standing in the corner and spinning around, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would remedy that if you're able to. You know, it's not your thumbs doing it. It's your arms and your body. It's more, you know, lifelike. Right. That, that's going to get a, an entire different uh, demographic of folks into gaming. Although, by the time we're that age and and, and in those rigs, well, we grew up all with it anyway. So it, it won't be anything new to us. But certainly uh, we'll be appealing to people that never got the idea. The, the 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 knack of a mouse or or game controller. So me, the the thirty eight year old moms. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, you exactly. It's standing in the corner, spin around at the sky. <laughs> Good goodness. Uh, so yeah, so he has no idea what the hell he doesn't know. He's looking at the. It's like the frame rate of these of this VR is tremendous, and he just and he's like has the mindset of being being in this game. So plush, so it, plush here. Yeah. Um, next thing you know, there's a winged little man flying around, about a foot tall, just buzzing around, and they they have a. He goes, oh no no, he the, the, he says behind his back, about time you woke up, <laughs> and he too, James turns around like what the hell, and he sees this tiny little man with wings. Apparently that's what imp, he's an imp. Um, so the way that they describe it in the book is that the imp is so much more creatively put together than anything he's seen in the game before. It is almost astounding. Like wait. Um, there is a moment uh, where he can't suspend his disbelief because he has been immersed in this game. He is pretty high up. He's a thief who has like a click and they are like getting to super sensitive, top secret stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
wait like, oh, like maybe, he's like, yeah, maybe this is the this is the continuation right. of that mission that we were on. Um, it's just super immersive. I don't know. He's, right, right. I don't know. <laughs> but he's he he describes him as having dusky gray skin with uh, mm-hmm. pitch black bat like wings uh, perched on his back, and his body was humanoid, even though he was only a foot tall. Hmm. Um, he was like. He was absolutely fascinated. The VR module had never produced a creature, a creature so lifelike and unique before. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that should have been your first. But when you felt that grass, you said, "Like, wait, what, 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 what's happening here?" Um, so yeah. the, the little creature just—he's uh, um, ornery. Let's yeah, say that has, about well, the creature. Okay, so because he thinks he's in a game, he just gets an inch away from him, he just leans in and he's looking at this little guy and he leans in and he kicks him in the eye <laughs> and James is like you dirty little and he's like you know I'm here to help you you know if, if not I'm here to help you I have been paid to help you person who knows nothing I've been paid very well <laughs> I'm here to help you even if I wasn't it would take a lot more than a friggin noob to take me out <laughs> And, and then that pisses James off because he's like, I'm not a, like, what? Noob? Who do, you, who do you think you're talking to? Level 1, you know, 60 thief with with the squad and everything? And, um, yeah, who are you calling noob? And uh, then he just flies around him and, and then he explains to him, look, noob, you're, you are in the land. You are not playing the game anymore. Right. And I'm not, and I'm going to slay it slowly this time. You are not in a game your mind and soul have been transported and placed in this body let that sink in look around you can see you're in a small glade it's a safe haven so he explains no one can get into this place you're safe here you can rest you can have a drink whatever no one can get in unless you invite them um if you die he's and he basically goes when you die <laughs> right you'll be you. uh, th- basically this is your save spot your save point and um and you're super lucky to have it because the other people who are randomly pulled when they go through the room will be shot out randomly into the land so we're talking about in the middle of oceans he, and volcanoes he did say because you're the first or yeah. maybe one of the first but you get the feeling that um, he's the first. He's the he's the one that mattered because they did explain right. in the Dark Court chapter that yeah, others have been bought. It just never was enough. You know, they can't use just one or two or even a dozen people, human Earthlings in the land. Just just not going to bring enough chaos to to break that lock, so to speak. They um, do allude to him being super special, um, and we don't know why. We have no we have no idea why he is special. Yes. Um, so Zetrix, we'll Zetrix tells him, pull up your... Or, um, I'm, I'm giving his name away. He, he doesn't know his name yet. Um, but he does learn his name at the end of the chapter. Um, but he's giving him some good advice. He tells him, I'm here... Because somebody paid me to be here, and somebody higher up than you, don't even ask who. Um, and so he asks, he tells him, bring up your status page. Oh, no, I'm sorry. First, to, to emphasize his you are not in a game uh, edict, he snaps his finger, and a giant wasp appears out of thin air. And Richter's a wasp like, as big as a damn baby. A wasp? Well. 
He was big. Maybe as big as like a, f- a fist or like a water bottle. No. No, he wasn't big. as big as a baby. He was baby big. <laughs> okay, let's meet somewhere in the middle. Like as big as like a, a cantaloupe or an eggplant or something. Cool. But a big That's... ass, you know, you know, a wasp <laughs> is like a tiny little thing. If you see one the size of a, a fist, it's scary, let alone, yeah, grapefruit or baby. Right. Um, so he, 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 uh, the imp says, attack. And the wasp comes at comes at James, and he's trying to swat him away. I don't think you can swat a baby-sized uh, <laughs> wasp away. It's more like punch that some bitch. Uh, so he's he's swatting away. Boom! It stings him in the arm. Flies around. Bam! Stings him in the other arm. His he notices his health bar is dropped. He's in pain. He's like, "What the hell? This the pain dampeners are you know, or the pain you know receptors are." Are, are good on my rig but good come on this is and he's right. he's admitting like that last that last cry sounded more like a whine even to me <laughs> so he's 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 been quickly and thoroughly incapacitated and neutralized and 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 uh, the imp basically um that was his uh that was his you you know this it's is real. Humbling. Yes, yeah. they, he 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 did humble him, and he humbled him. And we have a we have a thing here on the show. We're going to have our favorite lines of 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 the uh, chapters we discuss. And this conversation had one of the best lines of of book one, certainly of this first uh, few chapters that we're talking about, uh, where. Uh, Okay, so he de- that's when he tells him pull up your pull up your status page, and he's like how? He tells him will will it? So he he wills it. They give a rundown of his stats. He realizes he's level one. He has no name. That's when you find out he's 24 years old. Um, uh, this was after Zetrix. Uh, or I'm sorry, the imp. Well, you know his name now. This is after Zetrix gave him a a, a health boost. He healed him from his stings so his health was in mana and stamina everything was at 100 but all his other basic attributes strength agility dexterity intelligence endurance constitution wisdom charisma luck were all at a basic 10 and you assume oh those could probably be at least 100 and maybe even more so right if, if someone that's coming from a, i know what it's like in g in in in, in uh red dead 2 uh, online, you know, I'm like level 171. If I had to start all over, I wouldn't play the game. I just, I'm done. Right. That's fine. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> like, uh, I've been playing this thing since November of 2018. Come right. on. There's a lot of time and effort. Um, and he's just like, holy crap, I'm a friggin' a noob. noob. <laughs> So 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 the imp goes. I guess now you know you're the definition of a basic bitch. Right. Great line. And and James goes. Excuse me. Convinced he had misheard. <laughs> He's like <laughs> the wasp. The wasp things had been embarrassing, but this was too much. He's like I was. And then the imp says I was chosen to speak to you because I paid attention to your world, which means I'm. Sl- I have. Uh, there's a slightly higher chance of an ape like you understanding when an enlightened being like myself designs to speak with you. Now, seeing as my wasp has just made its 
made you its bitch, and your stats are all basic. Ipso facto, my earlier assertion of your status. Any more questions? <laughs> and and this and another one of my uh, what something we need one of my points that I want to hit every episode are honorable traits, and boy did they get a good one to represent us as a species as a people <laughs> you know right. like they got an honorable guy a pretty stand up guy who's you know who's also not some bleeding heart uh, you know some bleeding heart liberal wanting to feed the goblins and oh maybe if we can just educate them and get no they need a sword through the brain is what they need And but he's still he's also compassionate and humble and this was that first this conversation with the imp once he realized yeah i'm a basic bitch he humbled himself and right. and, and and told and told zetrix uh you know uh, please yeah tell me uh tell me what you need tell me what you know and um so they continue their conversation he explains to, to james what skills are versus abilities uh, uh ability how's it go abilities are something you're Abilities are things you're born with or given to you. Or given, right. Um, skills are something you learn. And then he also lets them know that that doesn't mean a ton in the land. Everything's not just about power and level. A level 100 rabbit will never beat a level 1 wyvern. Uh, I assume that's like some kind of like... Hunter know, or mon- fighter. Mongoose or something, yeah. Right. Um, and... Uh, so he, he asks about his other abilities, and James tells me he has a limitless ability, which is you can proceed to any level and any skill with 100% affinity. And he has a gift of tongues where he can speak and understand any language once he's exposed to it. But he can't speak to lower or higher life forms. So he can't speak to animals, but and he also can't speak to gods and demons uh, in their language. And they're so gods and which, language. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. One, I think it's awesome that Zeatrix is a smaller character, so he is super humbled almost immediately after getting to the land by someone smaller than him. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's funny that Zeatrix talks to him um like he's almost a god. Well he but, is. Well, he's a higher being. I don't know if you'd call right, him. He but would he can classify still himself understood. as a god. Right, but he can still be understood. So it's sort of layers like, hey, even though you've been humbled, not everybody is exactly as they present themselves. Because Zeatrix absolutely presents himself like, yeah, I am way better than you. I am almost a god. But the mere fact that he can understand his language lets you know that he's not quite what he aspires to be. Yeah, so so Zetrix tells him you you can't you can't uh, speak to animals or gods or whatever like me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I understand you perfectly. We're having a conversation here. And then he says something in some, you know, some foreign language. And he's like, did you you understand any of that? And He did say something for Snooty. He did. Yeah. And James is like, oh, um, no, I did not understand any of that. He's like, see, now, know your place, know your role, shut your mouth. Um, So, so again, he fills him in on the skills, the abilities, marks. Limitless skill. He tells him his limitless skill and his gift. Well, more his limitless skill. He's like, guard that. Don't tell anyone 
about that because some people might want to neutralize if you have the ability to become all powerful some people might want to neutralize you now before you get too powerful and he's just like oh oh and then when he realizes he has the when Zetrix realizes James has the limitless ability he goes oh you are special no wonder he wanted me to you know basically look out for you and and, and give right. you a, give you a, head, a heads up and as you and kind Glenn. of as and who and the Glenn and the whole the whole yeah you do realize okay this whole situation but he does point out Zetrix does that it's a part of the package you're the first one he even says it you're the first one i don't think the next ones are going to be given this kind of this kind of introduction some will be scattered right. in the cities and in farmland and in forests some might are going to die instantly because they'll be dropped in an ocean or in a volcano somewhere but consider yourself extremely lucky and uh, and we find out later how lucky he is yeah and and james again with that you know, honorable trait, he goes, he, he realizes, like, okay, those are all very true things. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so, and then, and then they name each other. They name him. The James uh, goes, thank you so much. I'm obviously completely lost here, and despite the first cheap shot, I appreciate your help. Uh, would you please tell me your name so I can address you address you properly? And the imp smiled genuinely for the first time. You may call me Zetrix. That is, of course, not my real name. You must never give your real name. With that, with the right knowledge or abilities, it might allow a great it might allow great power over you. Uh, now, with that said, what should people call you? Uh, and then a and then the uh, translucent box came uh, you know showed up in his vision and. The blinking cursor. Fill in who you are here. Mm-hmm. That we're all very familiar with. And um, he said, back on Earth, his name was his character name was Silk, and had, that had served him well. But if what Zetrix said was true, uh, power could ex- could increase exponentially. He knew the world he planned on getting in this world he planned on getting as strong as possible, making an impact. He would shake the ground, and his accomplishments would only be measured by. James smiled and looked at Zetrix. My name is Richter. So, um, nice, clever, clever boy, but also a humble, a humble one um, as well. Uh, starting, we get into to chapter two. Zetrix, uh, he, or he, it, Richter asked Zetrix, what the hell is a chaos seed? And he's like, that's because that's the type of human he is. It shows on his, his, his race, human, chaos seed. And he's like, yeah, no one exactly knows, but that's also something you might want to keep uh, keep to yourself. The people of the land, that's not exactly the most friendly. Yeah, I'm a chaos seed. Right. Mm. It sounds menacing. Sounds kind of scary, buddy. Like, yeah. uh, stay away from me. So it t- it would um, it, this would be a good point to say in the land there are already humanoids. Yes. Chaos seeds are humanoids who have been transported to the land from Earth. Yes, and they have the seed of chaos in them. There are other humans, regular old just humans that if you looked at Richter and looked at them, they look exactly the same as far as like how we would look at humans. But they're elves, they're high elves, they're dwarves, they're mountain dwarves, they're gnomes, they're sprites. 
they're goblins, they're trolls, mountain trolls. It's yeah. If every fan uh, 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 imps, fairies, right? Um, Mages, farmers, woodworkers. Like it. it what well, those it, are it, occupations? But yeah, as far as like the races, it's like every fantasy, you know, in the history of fantasy that you could think of. They're even vampire. Uh, well, that's yeah. not exactly a, a, a race. They were gob. You know what? That is. We'll get there. Way in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do have vampires. I'm sure there could be goblin vampires or elf vampires or whatever. Because vampires are. Yeah. Anyway, getting off on a whole different, uh, different thing. So. Uh, at the end of the conversation, Richter goes, "Thank you, Zetrix. I really owe you." <laughs> Zetrix says, "What?" It's like I said, I owe you. Really? And Richter says, "Yes." And then, then Zetrix goes, "Thrice heard, thrice witnessed." <laughs> and Richter's like, "Son of," a... and he gets he gets a notification that he he now owes Zetrix a favor, and failure to to give that favor when it's asked will impact his reputation among all beings like if you sometimes if you enter into a uh, a deal or quest with say a sprite who we'll run into earlier or later I'm sorry and if things go wrong they'll say oh you'll now all sprites will regard you worse with hostility but not not everyone but if you say if you give someone a favor and they call on that favor and you say no, no matter who they are, whether they're dwarf or imp or whoever, if you renege on your word, all beings will regard you worse. And the thing that you, that that is special about the land, and you learn it more and more, is yes, things are drawn down. There are strong racial lines, like there are racial abilities. There are abilities dwarves can do that elves can't uh gnomes can i don't know who are the miners but and elves can do this with certain materials and and humans have kind of an affinity and can kind of be jack of all trades but not really excellent at 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 any of them anything right and it's like hmm that's you're kind of like pigeonholed into to a lot of but there's also a, a sense of justice that um that the land provides that that universe provides again you you can be a scumbag but you're going to pay for it right there's you there are no free rides in the land and it's like okay i'm going to be a bad person then the universe will know i'm a bad person and treat me as such then that's right. a decision i might want to make and go well whatever that's cool i can live in that world where where where, where bad things and and evil is always around me because i have revel in it but just justice will be you know that balance will be kept and there's something uh you know uh um kind of you know reaching out like man wouldn't you like to be in the land like yeah you might you know have to fight off a rabid wolf or or troll monster or this but you know corporations aren't poisoning your, your your well water right <laughs> for, for profit <laughs> you know but. i super appreciate the balance how yeah. um some of the races are um you know good at um 
you know, forging, but, you know, tend to be clumsy or lumbersome. Um, but it still allows them to add value to a community to um, be a working part of um, the community around them. And, um, you know, everybody has a place. Yeah, they all take pride um, in that place and what they absolutely. can their ability and what they can do. There's not a lot of Ill, malcontented people that are, you know, come from, you know, uh, uh, hammer wield, hammer wielding, you know, smithies, and you have a son, and he's like, well, I want to be a dancer, and he's like, yeah, but you come from a line of smithies, right? <laughs> and right. and as Zetrix pointed out in the in the first chapter, you know, if you're if you're born with an eighty percent affinity of something for something it's going to be a lot easier for you to learn that thing and if you're born with a 10% affinity for it even if you practice every day all your you know your progress is going to be super slow and some people might go yeah well I want to be a basket weaver I want to be a you know even if I only have a a 22% affinity for crafting but I'm going to work at it work at it work at it and yeah by the time you're 60 you might you know maybe get your profession and we'll learn about those things later Um, but again it's the land provides a certain balance and a, a certain justice. Now, things aren't great. It's not like instant karma kind of stuff. But just then, as you see, when Richter said, yeah, hey, I owe you a favor. Oh, you do. The, the universe isn't going to just let you throw those kinds of things out. Like, if you say something, you better mean it. Um, so, so one of the other things that I really appreciate about the series um, it, that they've taken from the video games is the stats. Um, because everything is so mathematical, it allows you to see things in a way um, where um, it is super pragmatic. One and one equal two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to do something up, you want to do A, B, and C, then you got a long way to go. But you have one and one. You can make two. Um, I super appreciate being able to um, hear how um, uh, Silk or Richter is, um, how he levels up, um, how other people level up. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that later. And they just I- used the uh, standard video game template. Let's use Red Dead 2 online. To get, you start off level 0. You need 100 XP to get to level 1. You, you, sh- you shoot a deer, you whatever, a few things get you some XP. Boom, you get to 100 pretty easily. Right. But to get to level 2, you need 200. Again, pretty easy. So you can get to level 5 pretty then all of a sudden to get to level six you need 1500 hit po- or xp so it just takes longer you got to do tougher tougher tasks so you can't just sit and do the same thing little things over and over again because your grind is going to be really slow you got to go out there and do missions go rob that stagecoach go save that lady that was tied up on the tracks or right. or, or, or uh, whatever your uh, your your game is and that's absolutely what Richter does. One of the things that we find in the Glen is that he has this pool of clarity, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. First, um, he gets, first he, Zetrix leaves. Before Zetrix leaves, he's like, here's some gifts. You owe me that favor, but here's some gifts. And right. he gifts him a simple short bow. And, and it gives the stats of the bow. Attack, plus five to six. Durability, 15 out of 15. Item class, common. Quality, average, weight, 3.1 kilograms. You've received iron arrows with quiver. 
And again, the stats, how many arrows he gets, the durability, you've received a dull bronze knife, and the minor ring of healing. So, we want to keep track of items collected, uh, treasures collected, weapons collected. So, so far, he has a bow and a dull bronze knife. And ten arrows. Ten. Don't forget, he's got that homespun too, which is going to be a little bit important in a little bit. He's got clothes on. Oh, he does have clothes, um, right? But no underwear. And he's like, whatever home, rough spun is what it's called. He's like, whatever right. rough spun is, boy, it is not the fabric of your life. <laughs> and it's like, I could just, yeah, I man, he's running back on YouTube, the damn Aaron Neville cotton commercial. Right. The fabric of your life. Um, so, yeah, so he has those items. He's, he's, off, off, off on his on his way. Uh, then he noticed, like you said, he has a uh, there's a pool of water. He goes over, he takes a drink, and it says, "You have taken a drink of, from the pool of clarity, plus uh, uh, plus twenty five percent experience increased plus twenty five percent for the next twenty four hours." So he's hyped, like, "Yeah, way to go! I'm gonna, you know." I'm going to leave right. the, I'm gonna, with a bonus. Yeah, Let's I'm, I'm going to leave the glade, start my day of hunting or gathering, whatever I got to do. I got my bow, I got my knife. Boom, let's start. Um, so he, he heads out of the glade to do a little bit of a hunt, to do a, a little hunting. Hunting. He leaves the glade, he realizes he feels the tingle of him leaving his, essentially his enchanted secret glade. And then he looks back and he realizes, wow, it's super well hidden, but it, I probably won't be able to find it. He he um, uh, sets some rocks up in a way that you know anyone else would looking might not notice, but he set them in a way a pattern that he would uh, notice so he could find his way back. He does some hunting. He 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 gets uh, he kills a fox and some other woodland creatures, and he gets a bonus. And he learns the skill of archery, and he also learns small blades because he sh- shot the arrow and then he ran up on it and killed it with the knife or finished it with the knife. And uh, so, boom, he's he's already advancing in um, in some of his skills and uh, in some of his um, abilities. After killing a few more animals, he finally gets a a big old fanfare and. And uh, he gets a big fanfare, and then he uh, gets the level two. So level two. <laughs> yeah. You hear trumpets. Woo! So he, level he, two. He gets fanfare, and he goes, you know, he's so he's excited, and he's like, not bad. Um, so he's like, seeing is so you get twenty five percent to the skill of your choice, and as a chaos seed, you gain six points to distribute to characteristics instead of the usual four. So the rest of the humans in the land, when they level up, <laughs> they just get four points. But as a chaos seed, you get six. So they're already so, get. They want the earthlings. They want us to have all the advantages. And he keeps it. So they keep pointing. Even though he came in and was immediately humbled, every time he turns around, he's being told, hey, you're special. Um, So there is a little bit of fanfare and pump up in there, too. Well, it's also how the game works. You know, like... Bam, 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 level two. Like if you're just sitting in your living room playing, that's just right. You know how it would work. So, thank you. 
We got it, Paul, so go ahead, make some noise if you need to. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm sorry, I feel like a baby. <clears throat> no, no, no. It's fine. All right, let's uh, try to pick up the pace just a little bit here. All right, tell me what we're doing. Give me some direction. How is it going so far? So far, so good, yeah. Good. Yeah. So yeah, so Richter levels up uh, to level two. Pomp, circumstance, fanfare. Not a bad day's work, Richter, my boy. And uh, he got all, he collected all of his game and and went back to the glade for a rest. Um, he woke up the next morning, got a nice little drink, got another 25% XP buff from the pool of clarity, and then uh, he he left the glade again. He didn't have a fire, so he couldn't cook any of the meat from the rabbits and chipmunks and foxes he caught uh, but the night before he tossed all the carcasses away from the glade after skinning them and and, and laying out their uh, skins to dry he um, came across the but he's hungry he, he, again he didn't have a fire and he wasn't at the point of desperation of eating raw meat he said that he didn't want to get some alien weird alien bacterial thing which is uh <laughs> You know, if, if, which makes sense because good idea. Not the planet, right? Yeah, some weird alien bacterial infection was most definitely not on his to-do list. Um, so he find, he comes across uh, a bush of blue forest berries, and understanding that you know eating random berries in the forest isn't the best thing, uh, his stomach was like, risk it. Right, you better try it. Shoot your shot with the berries. <laughs> uh, so he does. He, he 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 eats a handful and he gets a concentration increase. Boom, five percent for the next four hours. So he tried to eat another handful to double up, and that's of course not. It didn't work. Not how it works. Right. <laughs> but he knew that. But you know, he had to try. 
Um, and so well, he's, he he's the river. yeah, he's hunting. He's going. He finds the river. He's going along the river. He's just getting his skills up, shooting animals, and 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 just walking and, and surveying the land and the territory. Then he hears some musical voices that he thought was birdsong at first, but he but he heard words, and and one goes, "Get ready! I've been ready. I'm always ready. Quiet now. He's almost here." We need to stun him so we can he can be questioned. I know what we need to do. Quit arguing, a third voice said sternly. So he's so he <laughs> he hears a plot to jump him. <laughs> right. There's a little mutton Jeff going on in front of him. <laughs> he's trying to figure out like, what the hell is going on here. So he literally just goes, uh though they go, Why did he stop? Maybe we should just just kill him. And he's like, please no, don't kill me. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm hunting, I'm you know I'm not here to make make war, and uh, they're like super shocked that they can understand him. Right. Or, I'm sorry that he can understand them. Uh, and then when they come up on him, he he can't see them. He could see like a shimmer in the air. He does. He did see an arrow pointed at him, but he really couldn't get a fix on the person until they finally kind of let themselves be seen. And it's a three foot five olive-skinned, Asian-featured, uh, big, big-eyed, but not a lot of white in the eye. He, he, he described it as owl eyes. So just big, dark, colorful eyes. Uh, with, a, with a, you know, bow pointing at him. And they're like, how do you understand us? And he's like, I, I have, you know, I'm, you know. I, yeah, I, I just, you know. Right. What the hell the excuse was exactly, but he, uh, he, he he talks his way into being uh, taken instead of killed on the spot. Killed, right? And he, he he the ones the one sprite, as we come to know them, says, "Look, don't uh, don't mess with us." And he shoots an arrow, boom, and it exploded a a, lo- a, a tree stump or something. And he's like, "Yeah, I get it. You're in charge." And he's like, "Yeah, don't forget it, human." And you're just like, whoa. With a bit of disdain. Mm, human. <laughs> like, woof. So it's a, all right, okay, I see where we're, we're at, little Sprite fella. Right. There's already some tension here that I have not directly uh, added to. So, yeah, you came in here, I came here, and you already have some prejudices, mm-hmm. so let me uh, tread yeah, lightly. Because I certainly didn't do anything to you. Right. I don't even know you. <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> so, right. so they decide to take him to the hearth mother and to let her decide. So they walk for a few miles, for a few hours, and finally, they, they, you know, the land opens up and he sees like a gigantic gigantic tree he says it's like a 40 story tree which is just unbelievable to him right. um he is in awe it is so the way that it is described is magical natural beauty it is a place to strike awe and wonder in anyone who sees it there is um golden grass that like sways waist high yes in the wind as he is approaching the tree it's waist high Uh, on him and he's about 510 so it's almost completely above the heads of these three foot five four foot people you know but it's probably up to their shoulders 
but they have this, as we've noticed, this innate ability to blend in with nature, nature around them. Like you could yeah. barely see him, and he was right in front of him. And when someone walks away, he would see the grass part, but not the figure, the body that parted that grass. And, and right. he's just stunned. Everything around him is just that he's not seeing is stunned. And he also has an arrow to his back, like being led, like, you know, by... You know, it's not it's not sweet right um, this is hostile mommy he they finally he they beat the uh, Richter's introduced to the hearth mother uh, her name is Hasako who is the leader she is the uh, leader of the far the uh, wood sprites and mm-hmm. uh, the wood sprites of Nadria and this is her her home and her her hearth and her hearth tree and she is described um, a lot like the um, other three that we meet as being um, olive-skinned and Asian in features mm-hmm. um, and around the same height as they are um, with a very delicate voice. Um, and yeah, musical. Like yes. Bird song. They, they, they routinely describe it. Uh, she asked where he's from. He's like, I'm not from here. My, my home is Earth. Specifically, ATL Georgia, shorty. Shout it, which is my favorite quote. And he looks around like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And Hisako's just like, okay, hmm, Richter from Georgia, right? Which is like going to Mars and being like, a town down. (laughs) Like, wait, what? (laughs) Like nobody gets what you're saying, fam. Uh, So she's like, whatever. I sense no evil in you, although I sense little good. Right. And it's like, well, I'm. Decent human being, excuse me. Right like, to be You're, judgy. You seem like a blank slate somehow. Uh, so she's weary of him. Um, and she then she gives him a quest, and she's like, if you wanna, you wanna prove yourself, you want you want the ability to hunt freely in our forest. Fine, do this quest. There are sick sick animals. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the forest wolves have been encroaching. Uh, they they seem sickened somehow. Uh, call their numbers and we'll allow you to keep your life. We might even find more use for you than simply watering the roots of the hearth tree. Like all these, all Asterisk. these, ple- all these pleasant, pleasant threats. <laughs> right. Oh, we will just chop your head off and plant a vase, you know, in its place. Like, whoa, wait, right. wait. <laughs> why you can't, you said that with such mirth and merriment? Like, what, what, um. So his first quest is called Cleanse the Forest One. Mm-hmm. And he has been tasked with killing five of the sick wolves that are a blight on the forest. Yeah, to, to show that he can be re, uh, relied upon. Uh, and his rewards would be safe passage through the lands of the wood sprites of the forest of, Na- of Nadria. Uh, penalty for failure or refuse, refusal of the quest? Watering the roots of the hearth tree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you accept? Yes or no? And then he says, somehow he was sure that watering the roots didn't mean setting up a crude irrigation system. Right. Uh, so so he gets, he says yes. And then he says a very reasonable thing mm-hmm. that, that I understand they, they don't know this man and they have their issues with humans, clearly. But he goes, I do have one issue, though. I only have three arrows left and little gear to speak of. Uh, and it says the other arrows had been lost or broken during his day of hunting. She gave a short, melodic laugh, always true of a human, looking to take as much as you can. So be it. Accept this gift of the wood sprites. Like, you want me to kill these wolves or not? 
got three arrows and you want me to kill five wolves. I'm just saying. I thought that was such a bitchy little thing, so unnecessary. And but I also thought letting you know this ain't sweet. She ain't your friend. She might be this little little sprite woman, you know, living in a tree, but don't think it's sweet. Uh, and it also makes you think that for creatures who seem to have a musical nature to have such a sour taste left in their mouth by a whole race, mm-hmm. um, that humans might tend to be on the not so upright. I mean, and- these are all things we know are true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a human. I mean, that line is it's always true of humans looking to take as much as you can. I mean, yeah, like, why is it that, you know, but that's just, you don't, we're not sprites. We're not brought up to live in nature and find balance and blah, blah, blah. The lucky ones can, you know, right. it's on some level, but, you know. It is what it is. She's just so judgy, Hisako. Uh, right. So anyway, she gifted him with uh, 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 sprite, sprite arrows. arrows of nature. He got 20 of them, four out of four durability, uh, well-crafted. So and it oh and it gave him plus one to accuracy and damage. So and swagger. She gave him a little swagger. Mm-hmm. His first taste of swag. And he's like, let's go hunt some wolves. Uh, so chapter four starts with. Uh, Mm-mm. You skipped. Because he's not going to go get these wolves by himself. Oh well. Still, chapter four starts with Richter and Scion, uh, who was tasked with. Uh, with with uh, accompanying Richter on his quest, and he was not happy about it, uh, Scion. And they traveled in silence. Um, he was very rude the whole way. Is uh, <laughs> Richter like ask him like kind of like, you know, what's your what's your problem? And he goes, uh, um, wait, I can't relax. Oh, he says, uh, uh, especially when I, he's like, oh, okay, I don't know why it's absolutely ridiculous that we need a smelly stomper like yourself, because they're super light-footed and, you know, you can't hear them in the in the forest and they're super stealthy. Uh, a smelly stomper like yourself, we don't need to help us, especially when I can't reliably, reliably determine the difference between when you have spoken and when you or when you have broken wind. I would never utter such words. And and Richter was so taken aback and he goes another line of the of this section no one told me those blueberries would make you toot <laughs> and he was genuinely like you know i guess the guy i guess he was farting and you know scion woodsman he, that he is he know them sense he know you know he can't stand I mean, but if you fart in the if you fart in the forest and nobody's standing next to you <laughs> It was it was it was petty, but yes, Scion is a petty individual who does not want to be there, who clearly does not like human humans. Um, yeah, he ain't happy. They find, boy yeah, after after an hour walking, they did find, come up across uh, come up on the wolf uh, who was eating who was eating a, a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richter shot it with an arrow. Didn't kill it. Wasn't a kill shot. And then the wolf came to, and charged at him. He pulls his dagger out. They tussle. He's stabbing the thing. He's getting all ribs. And he repositions his knife, jams it up in his guts, and, you know, kills the thing, pushes it off of him, 
jumps up. He's pumping his fist. He's like, woohoo, yeah, baby. The you, whole thing. Touchdown dance. Touchdown like, dance. He's, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. He's the can-canning. He's the whole deal. I think he I think he hit them folks. He definitely Millie rocked a little bit. And Sion was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm celebrating. He's like, yeah, I, I, I know you're celebrating. Why are you celebrating? He's like, I just killed that wolf. He's like, yeah, but what about those 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 wolves over there? <laughs> and he looks, and two or three wolves jump on him and eat his face off. And, and rock his world. And he is in ribbons, in pain, in blood, in gore. And he is... They've ripped a piece of his chest off before he died. Before he They are down. super descriptive about the agony that he goes through mm-hmm. while and during, he, during his attack and his, his dying. And he wakes up. Yep. In pain. And stuck in a loop of screaming. No, please stop. <laughs> stuck in a loop. Stuck of, in a death loop. A death loop. Yes. Yeah. Of wolves jumping on him. So what we forgot to tell you is that he looks and sees the first wolf is rabbit. So he knows. Oh, yeah, he does. He what's does going on with these wolves? Like yo, like they are out of their mind. They said um, what Hasako says is yo, these wolves are getting out of control. Not they're not just killing. They're killing. They're killing just to kill. They take a bite and then they move on. And right. That is not how wolves or, or animals. In, right. In they animals. are a blight on the forest he gets there sees the wolf he sees its rabbit um he fights the wolf conquers it only to be jumped on in the middle of having a conversation with someone who was supposed to be in on the same mission helping him yeah this is not my mission i was assigned this mission by your folks and instead of helping, you oh, go. Because he asked, because, because, yeah, before he, the bulls jumped on him, and he's like, "Why are you celebrating?" He's like, uh, "Where were you during the fight?" Right. And and Sion goes, "This isn't my quest." And he's like, "Besides, what about those wolves?" And that's when he realizes, and he gets jumped and everything. And then he wakes up, like Ken said, in this loop, reliving. He's alive. He's in the glade. He's just curled up in in a ball crying and sobbing for hours they don't say specifically yes. but you, you you figure it might be a day a whole day he just right. sat there crying yeah. and then but through that rest disorder he is in it totally i mean it's one thing to get like i mean imagine if you were no matter how you died reborn right you're gonna be like ah, oh, what the what am i yeah. still having a heart attack did that guy whatever however you die you know especially if you're awake and cognizant of it right. you just get reborn you know it could be that in itself could be traumatic so yeah he's in this loop he's crying and then through through the crying he starts to feel something different and it's an anger and he's like no 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 it's a rage rage at those damn wolves that tore me and ate my flesh rage right. at the son of a bitch who just sat there and watched me get torn to shreds oh no 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 i'm Wait. not uh yeah. he takes it further he is not only pissed off about getting eaten by wolves and by cyan watching he is upset about all of the times he sat in the passenger seat in oh, life right. on earth it wasn't just that he moment had- 
Yeah, he he right. all all the twenty four years of of being in any of his cowardice moments of cowardice or indecision or whatever. Can, it he basically had like a uh, re, uh, an existential uh, epiphany. No, he had a he had what sounded like a shamanistic kind of revelation. Like he just mm-hmm. did an uh, ibogaine, ibogaine or an ayahuasca or psilocybin ceremony with right. uh, with a medicine man and he came out on the other side like, you know, wanting to be a better person and conquer the day, you know, conquer the day. And, Carpe you know, diem. Totally. Right. Um, so he got himself together. He, he, he felt the need for power, like not just revenge, but like power. So yeah, he broke the loop of pain that he'd been living, reliving, and stood and fierce determination in his eyes. And then he gets a notification: "You have uncovered your first quality. You are resolute. The choices in your life have led you to a critical point. A nexus of opportunities were laid before you, many leading to disaster. You have chosen a finer path. The experience of your entire life has culminated in this one moment." You have decided not to kneel, but to stand. Not to beg, but to take. Not to wait, but to forge ahead. Be true to yourself to find a, your specific power. 5% to mental mental resistance, 5% bonus to spiritual resistance. And then he goes, wow, I didn't expect the universe to, to, to <laughs> award me for my, you know, resilience. But he's, he goes, it makes sense. He's like, if you, if you have a skill or something that you work at, you get better. Why not uh, become you know, a better person through yeah, child? You got to work at being a better person, right? Uh, and then he looked down as he's like ready to con- reconquer the world, and he realizes he's naked. Right. <laughs> so he got respawned, <laughs> unlike the first time with his rough sponge shorts. <laughs> this time, nothing. Uh, so chapter five starts with um, with him checking his stats. He runs down his, his his his. He looks at his levels. He dropped a, he dropped some in his skill pro- progression because he died, and that's again what happens. Um, but he uh, but he sets off and back to. Uh, he's following the river. He's trying to yeah. get back to Hasako and mm-hmm. the tree. He's got because he goes. I got I got a I got a mission to to. I got a job to finish. Takes himself a, himself a drink out of the pool of clarity, and he goes on a fast jog, and then he uh, goes through this thing about having to uh, <laughs> understanding Athenian sprinters, and during the uh, Olympian days, and also he had an aside about sports bras and how man it must suck to be a girl and running and your boobs are smacking around, and then he like remembers Sophia doing hurdles and you know. Cause he's a 24 year old man, so he had to allow him his uh, <laughs> his remembrances. Um, and then he hears the musical voices. Quick, shoot before he gets any closer. And he throws up his hands. No, I'm Richter. I have been seen by the hearth mother. I'm approaching the hearth tree to fulfill a quest. And after a moment, after a while, they go proceed. Um, so he assumes word will get word will get to the hearth tree way before he does. And he's right because uh, they're waiting for him. Hasako, Scion, they're all looking at him like, what the hell? And also, nakedness in the land is not a big deal. Right. Because he's naked, and he's just running through the forest, and nobody, like, screams, put some clothes on, weirdo! The only mention is, hey, he woke up without his homespun. 
Like, yeah, yeah, you don't regenerate with the stuff that you left with. But I'm just and saying I, the people, the, the reactions of other folks to, right. to nakedness. And later they even say, like, that's a human, that's such a human. Construct, right. Yeah, Nobody cares right. you're naked. Like, right. we're all animals. We all got the same parts in various states of, you know, shut up, whatever. Um, so he approaches <laughs> the hearth tree, Hasako, all the elders naked just sign everybody but he's just flapping in the breeze and hasako um is concerned she's like hey you know i know that um that the companion my son went with fell how are you here and how do you feel like hold up what are you not who what are you and why have you returned i know the man who accompanied my son fell are you the same man he walked right past her, didn't answer. Instead, he stood in front of Scion and then slapped him in the face and then jumped on him and started beating him up. <laughs> like until until uh, Hasako used her magic on him and pulled him off and, uh, you know, cease this. Oh, oh, Scion was about to stab him, uh, pulled out his, his, his sword right. and was about to run him through. Right. Hasako was like, I said, stop. And then uh, Richter explained, like, this coward let me get eaten by wolves and then she looked at him like scion is this true and he goes wasn't my quest and like he just she's mom pissed yeah she's pissed she he shamed the hearth he shamed the family's name like you just let somebody in need like okay we'll deal with you later um uh, you know that you were sent to help him and thereby help our people to remove a dangerous threat. We will address this in a moment. Uh, but my my question to you, Richter, is the same. Are you whole of mind? Do you feel any gaps in your memory? So he explains to her, like, I'm fine. I'm here. I'm alive. Um, and he asks her, why do you keep asking about my memory? And she says... Um, that, Where uh, you go to when you die is a, is a chaotic place. And well, some- no, 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 no. What they, you got? They don't have. They, that's not even a thing yet. He, okay. He doesn't know about what they. She says I'm familiar with the with the realm of immortals, and she's right. basing it off of. But she's like, but I never knew any human that had that ability. But okay. But what I know about immortals is every time they can only, sometimes they they can die, but it's very extreme situations, and. But every time they are reborn, they're reborn less, less of mind, less of soul, you know. So don't take just because you can die and be reborn. Don't take that as some kind of like throw yourself in the situation. Like, ah, I'll be here tomorrow. I'll see. You know, I'll be OK. Like, no, no, right. no, no, no. Do that too many times. You 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 won't. You'll your your essence and your your everything will crack in half. And um, so she kind of gives them like gen, just a, a general a general warning um but they uh but they come to an agreement and she gives him she gives him an out she lets him yeah she goes because Sion shamed our family and 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 disrespected you would you like to leave without finishing the quest you'll have rights to you can travel our lands and hunt on our lands and nobody will mess with you but we won't hold you to our agreement because of because of uh, Scion. He goes, no, 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 no. I finish what I started, uh, or what I start, and, you know, as long as we good, I, you know, I'm good, y'all good, whatever. Um, he did get some, she did provide him with some armor, with some clothes, and so he got a chest plate, uh, a, wooden, a wood sprite chest plate, 
a wood sprite reinforced pair of pants and shoes of the wood sprite and bracers of the wood sprites things that go around your uh, around your forearms um, and they're all well crafted and uncommon so his defense went up a lot plus 12 plus 8 plus 7 plus 7 on the bracers yeah so he was like really like wow thank you you know like I appreciate it um and, super uh, swaggy, super equipped. Like he is ready to get back on the road and get out there and finish the mission because after this, you know, uh, coming back to life, he is all about being about what he talks about. And he said that he was going to go and kill these five wolves. He got one down. He is like, yeah, there's four left to go. Let's get it. Yeah. Um. So so he Sion, gets he gets the continued quest plus right? an additional. Uh, quest. It's well, cleanse the forest too. So they, right. since he, uh, the first one was uh, cleanse the forest one. So they have to finish that one, and then also, uh, she gave him uh, a part two. Um, and he says, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'm in." And and um, so they head off. He and yeah. Science. Well, no, no, no. She gave. Uh, she gave a. A little stern talking to the scion and basically was like you shamed our family i know you have your issues with humans but this human has done nothing to you he in fact he's uh shown himself so far to be somewhat honorable he came back to finish a job he didn't have to do uh, or he didn't have to you know with the option to quit he still didn't and he's willing to go back and then do more right uh, so scion f- f- seemingly got it and he um, st- st- went and stood behind. Uh, he says, a complex series of emotions worked its way across Scion's face, but not much time elapsed before he answered. I served the, sprite, the, the spirit of the forest. Saying nothing else, he moved to stand beside Richter. And then he gets a prompt. Scion of the wood sprites has become your companion. Companions will stay with you as long as your goals align. And then um, Hasako bids them... Uh, Bids them adieu. May the forest shade you. Right. Um, and then we're on to the uh, last chapter of this segment here, uh, chapter six. So it's day three, uh, and then you realize Sanran thir- twenty-three, and we, he woke up day one. It was Sanran thir- twenty-one. So it's like, oh, okay, th- these are their months. You still don't quite understand what fifteen thousand three sixty-eight EBG means, but you know it's. It's clearly a, a part of their dating system, so you just keep an eye on it. But uh, but it's day three that he's been in the land, and uh, Sion and he walk through. And since he's a companion with Sion, he's finally able to see Sion's um, ability status, status page. So he's a level seven. He's 34 years old. His race is Wood Sprite. He's, his alignment is plus two. His lang- language is known as Sprite and Common. Uh, he has a reputation of one, so nobody knows him. And he has all decent stats and attributes, uh, certainly more than <laughs> more than Richter. Uh, he has archery skill, herb lore, and alchemy. He also so he's has, solid. He also has a tracking and and light armor and sportsman. Yeah, it's a, a someone who you would think like, oh, this guy lives in the woods. He but he certainly has skills that uh, that goes with uh, goes with being a woodsman. Um, 
Yeah, and then they come across a uh, a new cave, and then they explain in the game, in the land, new caves or dungeons are are dated by age. So new cage, new cave, old cage, ancient cave. So like a year, ten years, a hundred years, a thousand years, right? Everything's multiplied by ten, uh, and obviously the older, the harder, and the better loot you get for for conquering them. Um. The wolves are at the cave, so that is why how outside the outside the cave, and they come across it, and they uh, they uh, they they take out the they take out the uh, wolves, and you know some some action. Yeah, was it's it, not as exciting as Richter being torn apart by the first wolf and Sion <laughs> watching him um, be ripped asunder. Um, there is teamwork. Um, this is really their first um, interaction where you can see that they are working towards a common goal. You can definitely see that um, Sion has taken to heart the talk that the hearth mother had. They're not besties him. yet. They're not besties not by at any, all. any stretch, but the More respect is there. He's like, right. okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in just a complete jerk to the guy. I'll give him a chance, at the very least, to to prove himself. Right. To, un, to not prove himself, one or the other. More uh, than anything, it seems to me that he is really just respecting what the hearth mother said. Like yeah. you shame me. Yeah. Like you know. He took that to heart. You're not representing us well, and I ain't feeling it. So you need to come better than this. Is what it really seemed like. Um, he took to heart. It doesn't seem to me at this point that it has anything to do with you know Richter not being human, um, who it caused him you know any blight or harm, or whether he had seen any characteristics um, in Richter that would make him not trust him, um, or whether he had seen any admirable qualities in him yet. It really just seemed like hey. I've had my hand smacked. Let me participate in the way um, that is going to bring, you know, honor and make uh, and, and 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 move in a way that my people would be proud of me, or at least in a way um, that I do not shame them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, Sion moves like he's supposed to. Yeah. Um, he is great at archery. Um, he has this talent where he can. Um, um, make the arrows explode on impact mm-hmm. um which um he can imbue his arrow with magic with with magic mana mm-hmm, with mana um, so yeah so you know we are taken aback by that power we want to know more about that we are trying to figure out um well just it, a simple thing of him picking picking an herb and Richter mm-hmm. goes how'd you do that every time I do it it just destroys it and and he and and Sion had a little one line, a little quip, like, "Yeah, I'm not surprised with your big old klutzy hands or whatever, right. something <laughs> like." Okay, so they let you know, like, he's not all of a sudden, you know, best friends. He's just like, "All right, I won't let you die this time." But right, yeah. So he he explains to him, "It's my herb lore, and yeah, you might not. It'll take you too long to get it, so don't worry about it." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. Let me let me try. Just explain it." And he does, and Richter tries and tries, and it's minutes, maybe an hour of him trying to, you know, peel this moss off of a cave wall and not destroy it. And finally, he, uh, you know, it's, he, 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 he feels like the echo, the life force, like in, in the moss itself. And, you know, and, and Sion explained, yeah, it's not about just ripping it off. It's like, 
or like tearing it from the wall like that balance that nature that you know like everything's you know like basically talk to it let it know i need to use you plant right <laughs> you know have some respect i uh, love the way that he describes it is like um <laughs> the unflowering Yes, we will be on the same level. We will be in the same space. Uh, I am going to wordlessly commune with you. And when you are ready, you will just let go and give yourself to me is the way that he finally gets the moss off of the wall. Um, and Sion does not, it, it is not a feather in, in, in Richter's hat that he has been able to get this moss off. But Scion resolves to not think of him as a complete and utter clumsy idiot yeah. when he sees him get it off the wall. So he finally picks it, he gets it off, and, you know, you found dark cave moss, uh, herb class common, possible uses. You feel this moss might make you sick if you eat it. And then this gives him a prompt that he, you have learned the skill herb lore. You can now find useful plants with greater ease. Identify and pick them. Herbs are 3% more effective. You have increased the chance of finding and picking higher level herbs. And then, hmm, not bad, Scion said with a note of grudging respect. And mm. then he's, uh, yeah, is this used to make a poison? And then Scion's like, as with most, thing, like, mm, as with most things in nature, it can be used to harm or heal. Nature cannot be judged, uh, and this does not fall into petty roles of right and wrong. But yes, dark moss can be used to make a poison. Mm-hmm. You know, can you show me how to create it? It's like, slow down. Right. But that requires a skill of alchemy. What like, you ain't got? But then he says, before seeing you learn the herb lore so quickly, I would have just said it was beyond you, but perhaps it's possible. Uh, so he's like, let us cleanse the forest, and then I'll try to teach you at the hearth tree. Um, so they continue... They continue uh, with their with their hunt. They set a fire. They sleep. They take shifts, uh, you know, watching. Wake up the next day. They kill some more wolves. They kill about eight more wolves. So he well passes his threshold of five. Um, but obviously he has to find the source now because Cleanse the Forest 2 is, I don't think I said earlier, but it's the uh, to find the source of the what's making the wolves sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're getting further and further away from the hearth tree. The, the land is growing rockier. Um, then, uh, then they come across goblins, and they go back into the forest, and because they're not messing around, Scion's like, "We can't take on like you can't take on these goblins. You're just not strong enough." Right. And he's like, "Well, teach me." Uh, uh, teach that me, thing teach thing me how to, do. you know, do that glowy arrow thing. And he's right, like, the thingy uh, thing. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, before that even happened, though, uh, was this? Because uh, at at one point when they went back into the forest, uh, Scion just sprinted up a tree and was hopping from branch to branch, from tree to tree. It took him an hour. He came back down with a goblin knife and was like, yeah. I found a scout, um, and and in the meantime, while he was while Scion was out killing a goblin scout, uh, uh, Richter continued picking flowers, <laughs> getting his herb lore, herb lore up. So I mean, he had the time. He picked some tiger lily. Um, that's how you move up. You that's how you move. Yeah, you, you got to grind. Right. You got to grind those skills. You got a house. That's how, right. That's how it happens. 
And uh, he says, I found a goblin scout. I was able to kill him quietly, but if there's one scout, there are others. Uh, hopefully, it was just a party of hunting, a hunting party from the Azagaroth swamp, but I don't like the timing of seeing that foul creature while we're hunting these sick animals. Uh, we need to hunt and destroy them before they set up an encampment. Will you fight with me? So he gets another quest, and it's just cleanse the forest three. And it's uh, kill the goblins that have invaded the forest. Rewards, increased relationship with Scion. A new skill, penalty, and a new skill. Penalty for failure or refusal, significantly decreased relationship with Scion. So, of course, mm -hmm. he accepts the quest. And... Uh, and that's when Scion's like, you must be stronger than you are. The damage can that you cause is not enough to overcome these enemies. We must come up with something else. And he's like, can you teach me how to make your arrows explode? And he shakes his head. He's like, look, that's a race-specific skill that only the sprites have. It was a blessing of the forest and, it will not, and, and the will of nature. Humans cannot learn it. And he goes, that might not just be a problem. That, that might not be a problem. I'm not like every other human. So he uh, he decides to Scion's like okay, but you gotta promise never to use it on my people. And Richter's like, as long as your people are good with me, I'm good with them. He accepts it. He teaches them, and uh, and basically Scion is really surprised that he gets it. He gets it, and not all the way, but no. it's clear. But Scion knows it would take a sprite that naturally has that racial ability sometime to develop that and he in 20 minutes all of us you know he put the mana in the in the he or he manifested he the mana aura. but he didn't put the mana into the arrow before right. he because he shot it and then ducked like it was going to be an explosion and nothing, nothing happened and Scion's just like yeah fam you didn't even put the mana in your arrow he's just chuckling at him good-naturedly though because he says I, he's a Richter, he's like Richter was expecting a sneer or a, a snide look in his face but it was it was a hearty kind of like uh, homey thing like nah you know just bussing right you good you good I see you no slouch mm-hmm so uh, so yeah so he finally finally gets it um, and it says you've learned the skill imbue arrow you now have imbue arrow with, uh, I'm sorry you can now imbue arrows with part of your mana to increase the damage of the shot this is a sub skill of archery 5 plus 5% plus damage 5% plus speed of mana flow so yeah so he got a bunch of relationship points with Scion um, his, his relationship with Scion improved from distrust to irritable <laughs> so it went from negative 5,000 to negative 250 which is a heck of a jump right and um yeah and he just lets him know this is a blessed skill of the forest don't disrespect this thing that I just taught you like cherish it revel re revere it um it's just very consistent with who the sprites uh, as a people are um yeah, uh, yeah. So he's you're you're seeing the beginnings of like oh maybe he's not such a dick. Um, so yeah, then Scion sat on the ground, pulled a small mortar and pestle. So he starts smushing up the the, the moss and making a poison. And uh, the last line of the of the chapter is uh, tomorrow we hunt goblins. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we'll stop for this episode, and uh, we'll continue next episode with uh, chapters seven through twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We'll figure it out, and we will let you folks know. Um. Yeah. So that that is episode one of the land uh, chaos seeds. It's uh, so hard for me to stop here. So I reread chapters one through six in preparation for um, this episode um, and looked up and I had read through uh, chapter nine. (laughs) nine. (laughs) Well, at least you didn't, you know, you didn't blurt anything out or or, or get ahead of yourself. So so quiet for the last uh, two or three minutes because I'm like, wait, where does chapter... Where does it end? Yeah, yeah. So, but it it ended, I was like, hmm, where should we end? Chapter seven, six, and then I was Ah. read and was like, tomorrow we hunt goblins. I was like, oh, boom. Perfect, uh, perfect place to end. It is a great segue, right, it is a great segue to move from one episode to the other, so I am gonna say thank you um, so much for covering this material. I was super in love with it before um, I was able to share it with anyone. Thank you so much for taking a chance um, and getting the book and reading the book, and thank you so much for falling in love with the material and having a platform um, where we could talk about it. I really appreciate your time and to everyone who is out there listening listening um i really appreciate your time too so thank you um well thanks for agreeing to 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 do it and thanks for putting me on in the first place Mm -hmm. um so yeah books are books are great uh, (laughs) folks um i was not a big fiction reader eight years ago until my friend friday put me onto his dark materials and i just i went there gotta be more stories out there that are mm-hmm. good. at least half as fantastic as this. I'll take it. And yeah, yeah, you know, almost a decade later, um, I'm, yeah, I'm all about the genre and the fantasy and the and the YA and and, and all that. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for for your time. Uh, oh, folks, if y'all if y'all want to contact us, uh, hit us up on email if you want to send us an email for next episode you got questions or comments about the land chaos seeds series uh find us um you know or just email us i should say at uh i haven't sent this email in such a long time what is it it is ddustpodcast at gmail.com ddustpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at ddustpodcast um, so yeah, that does it for us. Thank you, Kendria, once again. No problem, Trav. Thank you. And we'll uh, talk to you folks next time. The Demon Dust Podcast is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II and is produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.